Hello, I'm Carrie Gard, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Welcome back to season 10. Hope you're enjoying the season so far. As a reminder, we drop our full season of episodes Netflix style so you can binge or jump around. Either way, no need to wait week after week. Enjoy listening your way. On this episode, I chat with Lavanya Ganesh. Lavanya is a senior manager of global digital strategy and demand generation at VMware. And Lavanya was kind enough to take time out of her trip to New York City to chat with me, which worked out perfectly because we were talking about the customer experience and Lavanya could share firsthand real examples of brand experiences she was having, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in no better place can you have a variety of customer experiences than in New York City. As B2B marketers like Lavanya, we are taking more cues from consumer brands on how to build better customer experiences end to end. And this episode is a great opportunity to do just that. So let's take a listen. Hello, Lavanya. Thank you for joining me on Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited to have you. Um, and I'm so excited about our conversation too. But before we get there, can you just give some uh, background for our listeners of what you do, Lavanya, and how, more importantly, how you got there? What was your journey to, to your current role? Sure. Yeah. So I started as a kid, totally enticed by, you know, all the cool new technologies that were there. Believe it or not, the cell phone didn't exist at that time, yet there were lots of other technologies. We were, you know, so excited about email and, you know, that's that's how it all started, just being excited about technology. And uh, so I came here to the US to do um, my master's in electrical engineering. And, uh, you know, it was all about wireless engineering and the best thing to be, uh, uh, doing at that point, you know, because we were just launching all these cool new, uh, you know, wireless technologies. And I started off with Ericsson as a wireless engineer and uh, moved on into business analysis, project management, product management. It just came about naturally, organically, because of, you know, the stakeholder relationships I had the way, um, you know, I communicated with everyone. So it was just a natural progression. And, um, you know, I got an opportunity to work with the marketing team at that point. And that's where the marketing bug caught me. I was like, this is something that I really, really want to do. And I want to be doing this for the rest of my life. And uh, so that's how I, um, you know, got to understand, you know, what marketing really does for uh, the company. And then I went on to do my MBA. And uh, here I am eight years into integrated marketing, digital marketing and demand generation, um, you know, for various companies, startups, mid-sized companies, enterprises. And uh, right now I work for VMware, um, heading up digital strategy for the security business and uh, totally loving what I do. 
that background sounds so amazing because you know, I, I make this joke a lot because I think it's true where, you know, when we're kids and people ask us what we want to be when we grow up, we don't really see marketers. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. I wanted to be a teacher, so I'm nowhere close to that right now. <laughs> so I love these stories, especially these eclectic ones where it's so not, for me, it was very linear. I came out of university. I knew I wanted to go to New York city. And my uncle was like, I can get you into media planning. And I was like, sign me up, even though I don't know what that is. And then my marketing <laughs> career just, you know, ebbed and flowed there. But to hear somebody come from, you know, something like electrical engineering and business analysis, because especially for what you're doing, I imagine now, um, those, that history, definitely will lend itself into the marketing world, especially in, in B2B and tech. So, so cool. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, and there are so many synergies too. So the business analysis, product management aspect really help you understand the background um, for how you would market your products. You know, mm -hmm. um, what are the real requirements for the products and what are customers really looking for? Are you solving their problems? There are a lot of synergies um, from where I was and where I am right now. Definitely. Um, okay, second question for you. And uh, before we get to the, the, the heart of our conversation um, and maybe this question will lend itself to the conversation that sometimes happens. Uh, but in terms of, um, what you're seeing in the marketplace today or, or in your career, however you want to handle this, this question is, you know, what's one challenge you're facing as, as a marketer? Yeah, great question. And so, you know, over the years I've seen, you know, how hard it is to understand the digital customer experience and more so how to deliver an exceptional customer experience. And with the advent of you know, new technologies and voice search and variables, you know, the technology is evolving at such a rapid pace and marketers are finding it hard to keep up and to make sure that they're there at every um, digital touch point, at every interaction of the, of the customer with the brand. It's really tough because firstly, you know, we need to understand what it is that they're doing, their behavior, their preferences, and then to be able to create products that solve their problems and to be able to create experiences um, that are frictionless, that make it easy for them, that make conversions possible. You know, it's really tough to do this. And one of the core problems is personalizing experiences. And this becomes more difficult, actually, I should say, in the B2C context, because of the scale that you're looking at. On the B2B side, you have a buying center, um, you know what they're looking for, you've got accounts that you target, and reasonably, you know, you can come up with research on what certain personas are looking for within the technology context. Within the B2C context, it is so complex, um, you know, it's really tough to make sense of each interaction of a consumer with a brand, combining offline and online experiences and giving a consistent, seamless experience. That 
you know, if we have cracked the code to that, I'd say we are into the next age of digital marketing. It is really complex, especially, I mean, for both sides, B2B and B2C, especially when you're looking at so much technology and the user experience not being so linear anymore where you're on, you're on a website and you're going from A to B or you click on an email and you go from A to B through the website. Um, now you're talking about, you basically can interact with a customer on and offline um, digitally in so many aspects. Um, and it's exactly. disjointed and it's super disjointed. I mean, the, <laughs> the analytics alone is, you know, it's hard to sort of marry one person to all those interactions uh, as well. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You said it. Definitely a challenge. We're all, we're all feeling. Um, I want to break these down. I really loved what you said. You basically created, you basically said four important things. And I think that lends itself to our conversation today, which is about the customer experience and how to create a unified one. And there was a couple of things that you said in, when you discussed these, this challenge you're having that we're all having quite frankly. Um, and the first one was the behavior of the customer. And obviously the behavior of the customer is, is slightly different, mostly different B2B versus B2C. Do you think they're different or do you think that over the years and the way technology has evolved that we behave, I mean, we're all consumers, right? But we're not all B2B buyers. Um, but for us as B2B buyers, do you think that the way that we buy nowadays is pretty much how we buy as consumers? Or do you think those are still two totally different buying journeys? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know, if you think about the B2B buying experience, so there is the business decision maker and, um, you know, there are people who are actually using the product, then there are influencers and advocates for the product. So, you essentially have to, you know, appeal to the senses of all, all these uh, personas within the buying center. And, and hence, it's important to create persona-specific journeys, to have a content experience that'll, you know, talk to the pain points of each of these three personas within the buying center. And you know, there are similarities with, with B2C as well. So if you stick to a typical B2B um, buyer journey model, which, you know, all said and done is linear at this point, the way, you know, traditional B2B marketing is done. So you go from awareness um, and research into education um, and then consideration, you know, evaluating different vendors. And then you go into the decision stage where you're, you know, making an active um, choice as to, you know, I want to go with one vendor versus the other. And, you know, and then you move on into a purchase um, stage of the customer experience. And B2C, you know, although it's never linear like this, um, it's kind of similar, right? So take myself, for example, as a consumer, you know, I'll give you a great example um, of uh, one of my favorite brands, which is Macy's. And um, I'm a big uh, bag shopper, 
I love shopping for handbags um, and gifting handbags. So, um, you know, before my uh, vacation, I went and um, purchased these great handbags at the store. And, um, you know, they have information about me. They knew what I purchased. I received great emails saying, hey, we know you purchased these bags. Um, what do you think of them? Would you like to purchase something else, right? Although I wasn't ready at that moment, they actually know me very well. That's the sense that I got, that this brand knows me well, right? And then from there, when I was really actually vacationing and trying to meet my friends and gift them, right? So at that time, I saw a very relevant um, ad and an email as well. Hey, you're in New York, come check out our Times Square store. Or we have all these great products. And I was like, wow, you know, what a timely, uh, wow. you know, thing to experience and, and how well they know me, right? So um, I did go to the Times Square store, by the way, <laughs> and, and shop till I dropped. <laughs> so um, yeah, and so that's, that's the kind of experience I would expect. I am one spec in their B2C um, you know, audience, but, but still they know me so well. And uh, so it, it yielded in you know, more purchase and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a repeat customer for them. So what that says is that these kinds of digital experiences are what drive stickiness. So the next time I shop for bags, guess what brand comes up first in my mind? It's right. amazing, right? right? So that is the level that's expected in the B2C side. It's really tough to do. Macy's is one great brand that could do it well. Um, I'm sure there are lots of others who are doing it well too. And when you draw parallels with the B2B side, you really need to make sure your personas within the buying center experience a similar thing. So if you're talking to uh, you know, a, a technology buyer, then we need to be able to understand what their company does at this point. What is their current technology um, you know, infrastructure? What are the products that they're looking for? Who's in their team? Um, how many of them do we have in our database? exactly are they in the digital experience? Are they on technology sites trying to understand products or review products? Um, and how do we target them through all these channels, through, um, you know, paid search, organic search, paid social? Um, are they followers on organic social media? You know, those are the kinds of touch points that we really need to think through carefully and craft that journey with that much precision and personalization that it almost becomes a humanized B2C experience. It sounds hard. B2C doesn't sound hard because I feel like so much of your buying can happen online. Um, you know, and even if it happens in store, if you're using, I imagine you being a adamant Macy's user, you probably have a Macy's card or some sort of loyalty program, right? It's really easy to sort of tie those two things together in a, in a really thoughtful way and all the data together from a B2B perspective, how do you go about creating those um, personalized experiences? Is it that you're 
are you doing it at scale or are you honing on on certain companies? Like it, it sounds very overwhelming mm-hmm. to try and personalize something that where the data isn't quite as connected as it is from a B2B, from a B2C perspective. That is true. That is true. So when you think about um, the B2B context and how to personalize for that, um, it's great if you know who your ideal customers are. And if you have target accounts, um, that's even more awesome. So you have an ideal customer profile and you know what their company size is, um, you know which locales they um, need to operate in because you need to have a support infrastructure um, in those um, locations. So that is also important. And then um, do they have the technology infrastructure that would help you not just sell the current set of products that you want to sell to them, but also expand um, and cross-sell and upsell other different products, right? So th- these are the considerations that go into, um, you know, uh, your ideal customer profile. And from there, you go into the persona details. Do you have the right um, contacts within your database, whatever your preferred CRM system is? If not, how do you go about identifying them? And you know, and from then on, you can figure out if you can personalize the web experience and the, um, you know, the paid channel experience, all your earned and paid media coming together to understand, okay, we have this account and this persona was landed on our website or who has viewed a set of ads on, on LinkedIn. And hence, you know, we can serve up the next best offer to them. Right. That's one way to personalize it. The other way is assume you have no idea who this person is. They have landed and they're just a cookie, uh, a first party cookie on your website. Now, from then on, you know, we have to develop their experience on site with the help of real time personalization. And that's the tricky part here in the B2B context. So you have to leverage those technologies that are able to understand real-time behavior. It's contextual targeting right at the moment the customer is searching. Say they came searching for something on um, Google and they're here on your site trying to explore a technology platform, a technology software. And you should be able to catch that with the platforms that you have, whatever um, you know, tech stack you're using, the MarTech stack. And then as the keep moving through the interactions, you know, um, if they've consumed a set of content that you deem are in the awareness stage, then, you know, we should have that engine serve up the next level, you know, wherein you might get a form fill from them or an email ID, then they become a known contact in your database. And then from there, you know, they say they stop interacting with you at that point, then, you know, the next best alternative is, is to go with email. So understand what they did on the website, use that to craft your next email, make it meaningful, make it purposeful, make it personalized, saying, you know, that I can, that, you know, you consume these kinds of content. And here is another great piece of content, which we think you'd be interested in. That's how you build that customer journey on the B2B side. But the eventual goal of converting them to a customer, right? But, but your initial goal should be to solve their problems and not to sell to them. So the moment 
it's about selling. Um, you know, you lose the B2B customer in that at that point. Oh, I completely agree that I, you know, I love those LinkedIn emails you get where it's like, I just need 10 minutes of your time to talk to you about what we do. Well, how do I know that what you do is going to be the thing that I need? Right. Like clearly exactly. you've done zero research here about anything in regards to what I do. Oh, my other favorite is when people try and sell me services of the things that I already do. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's that, that just says that they don't know about you. Um, you know, that's, that's one sure way of losing the customer right there. When you, you know, kind of convey that you don't know what they do or what they want. So, so there's two things that come to mind in this. The first is scalability. And because when you're talking about personalization, scalability becomes, starts to feel impossible. Um, so it sounds like you have to have a really sophisticated MarTech stack to be able to scale this kind of personalization to really know what people are doing on your website. And then is that true? Or is it more about the sales team? What's the balance there between what's automated versus what's manual? I would say personalization um, kind of skews on the automated side of things. So, but, you know, there needs to be a good alignment between marketing and sales to communicate, okay, here are the marketing touches. Here's what data science told us. How would you like to craft your messages on the sales side? You know, so I think that that kind of, um, you know, tight interlock needs to be there. Um, that's the only way they're going to convert, right? So mm -hmm. you get into proof of concept and, um, you know, trying to talk to their um, team. And you need to understand what happened in the prior seven or eight touches, especially if it is marketing sourced. You know, you need to understand what did they do? Did they read an ebook? Did they, you know, participate in a webinar? Did they ask questions at a webinar, right? So the more you know about the audience, the more informed the sales team are going to be and the more uh, personalized their messages are going to be, right? So that's when the B2B buyer gets the idea that, okay, so they know how I interacted with their uh, brand um, and, and they're coming informed, right? They're not, you know, they're not going blind at me and so they know what I want. That's that's the um, you know only way, if any, um, to have a good uh, you know understanding of how marketing and sales works. So we're talking about the Martech stack then and the sophistication of the automation because it is it sounds very sophisticated when you're talking about personalized when you're talking about personalization and automation in the same in this, in the same breath, mm -hmm. uh, you do need to have a level of, of sophistication to your MarTech stack and all this data you're collecting within your, within your CRM. Um, do you have, in terms of that, is it mostly, is the personalization then mostly email or you pers I mean, when you're talking about these personas, are you mm -hmm. then, are you, is it, it's not necessarily, is it to the person that you're personalizing or is it to the persona that you're personalizing? Great question. It is actually to the persona. Yeah. 
Okay. So um, the tech stack can range from your essential marketing automation system, your preferred system of choice, and your CRM system. And then you've got different other platforms now in the MarTech landscape where, you know, you can get um, intent data, you know, the buying signals. Are they in market right now evaluating other vendors or are they just, you know, trying to understand and get um, some kind of knowledge about, you know, what would help them get to the next level, right? So there are lots of platforms that actually supply that, you know, intent signals to you. And using that you, and, and combining it with your existing signals and behavioral data, um, that's where the magic happens. So you know that they've interacted with your website or with your um, organic social or whatever channel in one particular way. You know that they've researched for something, they're in market for something, um, actively researching other vendors. Now, how do you combine these two? Right? And, and the magic actually happens on the website. Um, and when they see that, you know, okay, um, here are all these um, products that I've already evaluated, and here's how um, I'm getting nurtured with content right now on this particular vendor's site, um, that's when their, their uh, um, decision starts to get more solid. You know? and, and you do need an experience stack you know, a digital experience stack um, that would allow those real-time experiences. And there are quite a few vendors in the market um, that do it really well. And um, if you were to do persona-based, you'd have to have that intelligence and that stack saying, okay, if they take these three steps with these particular types of content, then they're this type of persona. So you need to have that intelligence built in and say, okay, they've already taken these steps and hence we're gonna serve up um, the next set of offers um, that are only aligned to this particular persona. And that's how it becomes you know, an intelligent combination of data science and personalization and technology. So much data. There is, and, and that's where that, that um, data that you're looking at is is where the gold mine is. So what's going to happen in your in your opinion, Lavanya? What's going to happen when the cookie list when when we're all hit with this cookie list experience and we lose some of that data? Yeah, um, we all marketers have to think through this. Uh, you know, new development really, really carefully. So I know that, you know, I hear every day about some development or the other in the space, but all said and done, I think we need to go back to a time in the marketing world where we just relied on the customer's experience with our brand, which is first party data, which is your own cookies. The moment they land on your digital entities, they're yours to own, they're yours to nurture, and they're yours to convert. Own that experience and make them into loyal customers. And then whether they are third-party cookies or not will be immaterial at some point. 
And with all the data privacy laws, we saw GDPR a few years ago, there might be many more coming. Consumers are very sensitive to privacy and data disclosures. So we need to be really careful as marketers um, not to get into the, um, you know, really tricky side of personalization, which is, I know too much about you yeah, uh, to make you nervous and antsy, you know? So um, I don't think we should step into that zone. We should, we, we should know our customers as they land on our site and give them that experience that would, um, you know, keep their customer expectations at a really high level. Do you think then that, you know, as the experience, as we create these, as you, as you say, micro moments with the customer from the moment they hit our site, to the moment we nurture and, and make them paying customers before they even do that though, there isn't going to be a lot of opportunity then to customize and personalize. So it sounds like awareness becomes a much bigger bucket than it may have ever been. Does that, do you agree with that or or you know, that, are you thinking about the awareness bucket as it relates to not having those third-party cookies anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are different ways to do it. And having launched many brand categories over the years, you know, it it becomes important to have a good strategy for all your awareness campaigns, right? So um, essentially, awareness becomes an outbound play, and you know, with third-party cookies aside, you know, you can, you can do outbound in a way you're able to track all these interactions and bring them back to your website. The goal is always to bring them back to your own properties, especially your mobile apps, your, um, you know, website, your, um, you know, product um, uh, information sites and such. So, you know, with, with that in mind, you know, you can, you can leverage all your social media channels, your, you know, um, external communication channels, your analyst channels, influencer channels to, to put the word out there to make um, customers aware of a particular brand and its um, set of products. But then the ultimate goal would be to bring them back as a first party um uh, you know, experience into your website. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting, uh, transition. I think it's always going to feel like, I don't want to say a step backwards because I think the personalization and everything you're talking about moving forward is, is going to get more thoughtful, but it sounds like we need to take an initial step backwards where it does become about once again, and getting people back into our properties where before it was like, we don't care where you are. We'll serve up our message and we'll get in front of you. And it's not a big, when we know we're getting in front of the right people. And I think there's still going to be a level of that. Thanks to social media. You know, we won't have those third party cookies, but we still will have like LinkedIn is just such a great place to, you know, find, especially from a B2B perspective. And I think Facebook is still going to be, is still going to work well from a B2C and B2B perspective in that that the data that Facebook owns and that LinkedIn owns is their first party data that we can still leverage to get in front of that audience and bring them to our website. It's going to be more of the DSPs and the, um, and the banner ads that I think are going to struggle a bit, but we'll find Mm -hmm. their footing later on. Um, So I do think our strategy to your point is going to have to shift 
a little bit and maybe even feel like we're going backwards a tiny bit. But I think what you're saying from that personalization standpoint, I think that's going to explode even further as we find ways to customize that user experience. Do you have any really good examples, Lavanya, when it comes to the personalization of how, you know, B2B can learn from B2C in creating those micro moments? I mean, you had the Macy's example, which I think was really great, but I think that's, is that something that we could do as B2B or is that we just don't have the technology there or that just doesn't make sense? Um, in terms of really meeting people where they are, quite literally for you in New York City. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there are possibilities over there, although I, I think, you know, we have to do a lot of more work in getting hyper-personalized, like on the B2C side, but it's definitely, definitely possible with the B2B side to get to a point where you know your customer and you're, you know, serving up the right content to them talking intelligently, looking for how to solve their problem. Definitely there are opportunities over there. And the tech stack is so robust these days that, um, you know, there are plenty of platforms that do that. And, uh, you know, it, it all, you know, boils down to, can you personalize in real time? Assume that you have no information about the B2B buyer, neither their, uh, you know, company name, nor their persona, you know, uh, leave alone title, assume you don't, you know, nothing about them. And yet you should be able to personalize because that's, that's how B2C started. And that's where B2C really perfected the art. We, we just assume we don't know anything about them and we go on to personalize their experience on site, on mobile apps. And, and that's how you see the conversion, right? You have to measure their engagement with your website and your apps and, you know, all the uh, recommendations that are served up through recommendation engines. So you, you know what their preferences are and you know you have the right content um, to talk to them and um, you have a good, um, you know, structure in place to make sure that marketing and sales are aligned and know about this customer. Right? So it has to start from the very first touch point of when they become aware of your brand all the way to when a deal closes. So that's the seamless customer experience on the B2B side. You cannot drop anywhere in this cycle. It's full end-to-end marketing and sales funnel customer experience. And creating those micro moments. Every Absolutely. moment counts. Every moment counts. Every time they, you know, um, try to consume a content um, through your outbound or inbound efforts, every time they, um, you know, come to know that you have a great event in their particular location, every time they try to contact sales or customer support, um, every time they try to have a human interaction by picking up the phone and trying to reach someone, um, you know, every time they're Um, asked to sign something in the sales cycle. All of those count. It's not just the digital moments. CX is is a a really vast thing. And it's not just, you know, um, confined to digital. It also goes into those offline moments. We have to be consistent across all these touch points. And that's that's the uh, key to, to loyalty. When you experience a 
brand in its truest sense in digital and offline moments across different stages of the B2B buyer cycle, that's when you know that that customer is going to come back to buy more and to, you know, increase your revenue. I imagine that has to, you know, I'm thinking about our own buyer experience, um, our own customer experience at MKG here, which is, uh, you know, much smaller and way less sophisticated than an enterprise, obviously, because it'd be just naturally because of our size. But whenever I think about our customer experience and how I want people to engage with our brand, I'm always thinking about our values and how that plays into it or our mission and, and the true part of who we are, which is all about building thoughtful relationships to then deliver, you know, to deliver results. So in, when you're talking about all these different touch points and all these micro moments, right? I imagine there has to be some root to all of that, that it should come back to is the mission and the values. Is that part of that? Or is it that what sort of roots that customer journey? How do you make it consistent when you have so many touch points that Mm -hmm. need to create that unified customer experience that is online and offline and apps versus wearables versus voice? Mm -hmm. Yes. There's only one route in my mind, which is to solve problems for customers. It's always about the customer. I want to search for something. I want to research something. I want to buy something. I want to go somewhere. I want to find a restaurant. I want to get medicines quickly. It's always about the customer, you know, whether in the B2C context or the B2B context, be there for the customer when they need you with the right message, with the right products, don't just think of it from an advertising angle. Think of it from a more empathetic human perspective. Why would they need you, um, you know, in their, in their buying journey, right? Think of it from that human angle and, and try to be there for the customer, right? In the end, that's what wins, right? Brands that appeal to the human senses, you know, time and again over history, we've seen those are the brands that, constantly reimagine and reinvent themselves um, and, uh, you know, move on even beyond centuries, actually. Well, I think we can end there because yes, yeah, that's, that's the clear takeaway here. People be as human as possible and you will win every time. (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I actually dedicated an entire season to that. And uh, this continues that conversation, which I think is so important. And I could talk about it all day long, but that's really what, what the customer journey comes down to is how to be there for the customer. That's so perfect, Lavanya. And uh, yes. So much more to talk about, right? Yeah, because I just feel like companies tend to always lead with, you know, what they do and who they are opposed to just, and I think that conversation shifting now, thank goodness. And finally to more about, you know, making your customer the hero essentially, and how you bring them, how, how you support them in their journey. It's not about your journey. It's about theirs. And so exactly customer journey, not, not insert brand name here, journey. (laughs) It's customer journey exactly it's it's always an outside in perspective and and we've seen too many brands fail 
when they lead with with themselves and what they do right yes there are great brands but you always succeed when you lead with the customer yeah and what they need at the end of the day and it um last question for you lavanya because we do i you know we could talk about this all day but i think i just want to leave our customers i think they have a good handle on how to do this but my last question for you is because i feel like what are the big struggles in making that human leap and making that human connection and figuring out where customers are is how is how you do that how do you so in your personal experience um in general how do you approach understanding what customers need as it relates to your as it relates to you know the brand um that you're trying to get out in front of them how do you find that information the um information relies partly on you know the research that that you do you know your your market research and your total addressable market what are they in for um this is on the b2b side and you know you you have a recent um experience with them on the website and it kind of uh you know matches to your uh, market research then you have your answer there so they're in market for a particular product um and you know that to have the research capabilities and the technology capabilities simultaneously working with your with your marketing and sales processes right that's where things happen you need to have the processes in place um where you can understand okay here are the technologies here are some ai and ml um uh, technologies that we already have within our tech stack here's the data we found from their interaction with our own properties digital properties here's what we have um researched on them and there is an organization that's going to tie all these pieces together and to make the experience personalized and meaningful and every organization that does this um in a seamless way will definitely succeed and that's where we're heading to as b2b marketers you know this is table stakes we have to get this right and move to the next stage of the digital experience so in terms of the research phase and digging into that data you break down the personas that you're seeing by by where they are in the funnel right mm-hmm. so you have your personas where they are in the funnel and then you create your customer experience based off of those two things did i sum that up that is right you you know what stage of the funnel they are in based on the interactions mm-hmm. you know what content you want them to consume you know what the end goal is you know you want them to take a trial of your product or you want to get them to talk to a sales rep you know all of those uh messages have to be um there in that experience what you want them to do ultimately has to be combined with that human element that i was referring to it's all in solving the customer problem mm-hmm. so if you were to say we know that you researched on xyz technology or solution and we are here to help you and um you know we it would be great if you can you, you know you can try out this product and here's the link to it if you need help or need to talk to someone we're there for you and then provide them the sales contact information or the support contact information 
make it as human, as frictionless, and as easy as possible for them to be in touch with your brand. That itself is half the problem solved. I feel like that doesn't even have to be necessarily on the website. I mean, that really could be anywhere from making sure your Google details are up to date on maps to your Facebook page to Twitter to, I mean, a lot of people in terms of customer service, they go to, they immediately go to Twitter these days, right? So I feel like- Absolutely, absolutely. And brands have to be very careful on what they say and how they solve problems. You know, I have personal examples of how, you know, I got customer support through chatbots and it was extremely frictionless. They pulled up my order. They knew which products, you know, I was uh, I was referring to and I was talking about. And then um, they immediately got a person online. So it was, it was one of the most amazing customer support experiences for me. So it's a combination of personalization and, AI and chatbot, which is the technology piece and the human interaction. And that brand sticks in my mind forever. This happened like five years ago and I still remember that brand, right? So so that's how it should be. The experiences need to come together and be consistent. Um, it's not just just dig- digital or you know um, one particular channel. It's, it should be everywhere. The messaging should be consistent. The experience should be consistent. And, and all these great words you've been saying around frictionless and seamless. Um, gosh, yes, to all of this. I, you know, I hope people can go away and sort of look at their own user experience and, you know, walk through it. You're, it, it makes you want to walk through my own customer experience, like myself and say, where, where do I get frustrated? Where are my hiccups in this? How can I smooth this out? If I'm feeling frustrated by it, where can I smooth it out? Because you know, if you yourself as, you know, putting yourself in the customer's shoes, I think is such an easy way to sort of go experience it. Um, like that's, that's what this makes you want to do. I'm going to go do it. Absolutely. Yeah. It gets into consumer psychology, you know, yeah, it's all about feelings and emotions and association with a brand. And if it's positive, you know, they're going to come back to purchase more from you. If it's negative, You've lost that customer. And think about them just losing me. I'm just one customer in this world, right? Now, if you scale that and that experience happens with every single customer, they lose millions of customers. That's a business that will not thrive, right? So, you know, you need to think about the scale here. And on the B2B side, although the scale question, you know, is more limited, but still, we need to make sure what we're talking to the buying center. We, we cannot talk disparate things. We need to have that unified experience, unified content, um, you know, marketing, product, sales, um, strategy, everything coming together to have a single unified experience for that customer across every touch point, whether it's online or offline. I couldn't agree more, Lavanya. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we uh, leave today, I have my three people first questions. Again, you're talking about being human. And I think it's so important for us all to remember that we are humans before we are marketers. And so just to pull back the curtain and get to know each other a bit more. Are you ready? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, My first question is, have you picked up any new hobbies in the last year? Um, I haven't 
picked up any hobbies lately, but I'm going to try truffle making. I'm looking for petit series where I can actually learn it because I just had these chocolates that had liquid inside of them. And I was like, that is so brilliant. I just want to make this, you know. Oh, they're so good. You'll have to let me know how they turn out. I'm going to follow. Totally. Totally. Um, my second question for you is uh, if you could be in the office with everybody, I don't know if um, if you guys are headed back into the office anytime soon or if you're already there, but when you get there or if you're there, what song would you want playing overhead for your team as you're going desk to desk? And, you know, what vibe are you looking for in in the atmosphere with your team in person? I would say something really meditative, something more zen-like um you know i have this zen playlist that i play every day sometimes um even midday you know but mostly at the night but that's what i would play in my office in my own uh desk as well as to my colleagues and friends in the office you know we all need to relax coming out of the pandemic you know we you know our our um, you know, uh, interaction with with people has changed so much, right? And we need to be uh, much more cognizant of, uh, you know, how we're able to, you know, bring that human interaction even in the workplace. And so to, you know, um, share that kind of music, which can reduce stress, that, that's what I would do. Well, when you get a chance, send me a song. I'm going to add it to our, our season uh, 10 playlist for everybody so they can check it out and get some ideas Absolutely. on what playlist they might put together to make it zen. I love that. For sure. Yeah. All right. Last question for Lavanya. Um, last question for you, Lavanya. If you could travel to anywhere in the world right now, or maybe you have travel plans, where, where would you go and why? I would probably be in an island, um, you know, where I can really unwind. So my next destination is the Maldives. Um, I've been to Greece, I've been to Indonesia, lots of island countries. And my next destination is the Maldives. So uh, that's where you'll find me on my next vacation. Oh, beautiful. That sounds amazing. I, I wish you all the best on the on that journey and uh, that you can unwind while listening to your Zen playlist on the beach. That's what I dream. Absolutely. Of what a great combination that would be. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep this human conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure, Carrie. Thank you. That was my conversation with Lavanya Ganesh. If you're looking to better your customer experience and want to connect with Lavanya, head on over to LinkedIn and connect. Thank you, Lavanya, for joining me and for your time. It was so lovely to meet you. In the next episode, I chat with Shane Whelan, who has a very niche and interesting business, but his story and approach to marketing and really his competitors is one we can all learn from to care about competitors or to not care. That is the question. Thanks for your continued support and listening to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders, the podcast that helps brands generate demand via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard, and until next time.
This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency of agile experts who specialize in SEO, digital advertising, and analytics. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG, music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellis. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.